Hey there, everyone. Before we start the show, we here at Popcorn for Dinner want to give a big shout out to our good friend and illustrator Kyle Kedzik for helping us celebrate making it to 40 episodes with some uh, brand new custom artwork, which is now up on all of our social media accounts. We love it. We hope you love it. And if you're looking for some new custom artwork for your business or project, you can look him up on Facebook at Kyle Kedzik or even drop him a line at kylekedzik at gmail.com. That's K-Y-L-E-K-E-D-Z-U-C-H at gmail.com. for dinner this is jeff and callie this is week four of true crime movie month yes moving right along Mm -hmm. as kermit would say (laughs) um we are talking about war dogs Mm -hmm. which 2016 todd phillips director who uh just did joker and he did all the Mm -hmm. hangover movies and old school and you know sort of stuff like that gotcha. um starring miles teller and jonah hill yes as uh david and ephraim the like young stoners who fall into arms dealing mm-hmm. uh moving on to fraud i think it's categorized what they what they did yes for our true crimes we've had murder yes and because and they were they were selling weapon or I mean, the big thing they were caught for was passing off Chinese ammo as Armenian. Yeah. Um, Which I guess constitutes fraud. Yeah. (laughs) Um, My question about it was, is this a war crime? (laughs) Obviously, it's not a, like, war crime. (laughs) (laughs) But is it, like, because it's... a crime committed. I mean, they were federal crimes. Yeah. They say at the end. So definitely not good. These were bad <laughs> crimes. They're very bad crimes. <laughs> I mean, it could just, it's its probably mostly just my like idiocy. Not that I couldn't follow what was happening, but more I just like, there were background things that I just didn't quite get that maybe were more obvious to other people about exactly <laughs> what they were doing, like what their uh, positions were. And how how they did their business, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Did did was that something that would seemed more obvious to you? Were you like, oh yeah, I totally get exactly what's happening here? I mean, I did understand it to a degree, like like I I, yeah. I get I get like uh, the the Department of Defense or whatever puts out like a, a list of essentially like contracts mm-hmm. for the things that they need for the military and this and that and the other stuff, right? So. Guns, ammo, body armor, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I get that, like, they put out those contracts and then these guys, these fucking guys, were bidding on them mm-hmm. and using the money that Kevin Pollock, Ralph put up mm-hmm. for them, for their company, to fill those orders, essentially. Right. I, and then sell them to the military for a profit. Right. I guess what I kind of didn't get mm-hmm. uh something that just just sort of um, mystifies me 
later in the movie, uh, they meet Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always want, I keep wanting to say Henry Ducard, but I'm pretty sure that's the name that Raz Ghoul goes by in Batman Begins. <laughs> it I, is Henry. Yeah, it's definitely Henry, but I keep getting the last name wrong and I, I forgot to look it up. But th- they meet with him and he has the big old giant storehouse in Albania full of weaponry mm-hmm. for them to sell. And Jonah Hill brings up a very good point. And he says, like, you have all this shit. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you just filling this contract? Yeah. Henry's answer is because he's, like, been blacklisted and he cannot sell to them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, whatever. But in my head, it's just like, where are they buying these weapons from that can't just fill those orders themselves like why why are these middlemen that these guys make all this money doing Mm -hmm. why does this industry exist you know what i mean it's like they're buying it from somewhere to sell to the fucking military yeah it's like so why isn't where are they buying it from that isn't just selling it to the military why do these guys (laughs) need to be here uh that part i don't 100 percent get okay like to a degree i guess it's the military just passing off the middleman so they don't have to find the supplier. I guess. Paying someone else to, I mean, to find and ship it for you. I guess so. I'm just thinking, you know, if it's like if, if their order is so specific and, you know, like we want these kinds of weapons, this specific make and model and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, then you know enough about them to know exactly where they're like where they're being manufactured or whatever that you could just buy them mm-hmm. i don't know is like is that a thing that i'm just not thinking through at all like that's weird if the government just buys straight from gun manufacturers like yeah i, I don't think i don't I have think no there's idea. any like moral or ethical maybe thing it's just there. capitalist america that's always uh, that's always a good answer <laughs> that's, that's probably what it is yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like because it's, it's meant for like the big corporations to you know bid and supply tanks and uh-huh. i mean obviously it's not meant just for that because these you know old things about tanks <laughs> end game here is tanks <laughs> every time <laughs> um but anyway that's the job that they do mm-hmm. they fill these orders and they're like the way that they get in you know because it's like all these big giant companies that are bidding on these things how does anybody buy like, mm-hmm. or how does anybody let these guys fill your order? Yeah. These two, like, nobodies in Miami. And, like, that little explanation. They did a lot of this explanation stuff. And it's, like, super obvious as a storytelling device to me every time I see it. Where it's like, okay, David doesn't know anything about this world and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Neither does the audience. Right. So... You get the other character, you get Ephraim, you get Jonah Hill to explain it to David, to explain it to the audience. Mm-hmm. And it's super duper obvious every time, but Jonah Hill is so fucking <laughs> great in this movie yes, that is. it is enjoyable to watch him, you know, just tell him exactly what they're doing. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, everyone else is going for big slices of the pie. We're going for the crumbs, but the crumbs are still like three million, four million. Yeah. So you kind of understand like, oh, they kind of slip in through the cracks mm-hmm. you know and on just build and build and build so it's like oh that's that's really interesting but jonah hill is oh he's so good <laughs> he he was giving me serious farley vibes in this movie <laughs> as soon as i saw him i was like oh my god yeah, with dude. the hair slick back the, the slick back hair the fact that he was like kind of bigger than he has been mm-hmm. recently 
it all just it uh, it just screamed Farley. The little like the like the stubble that he had going on, and everything. Oh my god, it was wild. But it was so much fun watching him do this role. Like I, we we had seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. We went and saw it and enjoyed it enough. But 2016, so it's you know it's been four years since we've seen it. Yeah, I didn't remember all that much. There were some bits where I was like, oh, you mm-hmm. know what? Now I know what the next thing is yeah but there were like getting up to the end of it i was still kind of like oh yeah discovering things and mm-hmm. remembering it um i mean miles teller was not a slouch either like i thought he did mm-hmm. fairly well yeah um towards the end of the movie i had this <laughs> i had one specific <laughs> note about him and the character i was like <clears throat> is it david the character or is it miles teller that is making me feel zero sympathy for this guy when everything goes to shit. Like he is kind of portrayed <laughs> as more like the straight guy to mm-hmm. to Jonah Hill's like raving lunatic <laughs> of a, of an Ephraim. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, the the whole time things started going south, I was just like, I I don't care. Yeah. And and not necessarily in a way of like this movie is lame now. You know, mm-hmm. it was just like. I'm not I don't know if the movie's trying to make me feel like he's a dick or <laughs> if Miles Teller just has that <laughs> you know quality about him that just screams it for some reason or it's just like there was something so arrogant about him and the way that he felt like he could get away with it towards the end like he he really felt like he could just like I'm just going to walk away Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, you defrauded the government. You, it's like you were a huge part of this whole plan. Yeah. And yet he still feels like he could be like, Ephraim, you totally screwed me. I'm out of here. It's like, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they have got you fucking dead to rights. And I, I am not going to feel bad when those elevator doors open and all those FBI agents are there. And you're like, oh, shit. It's like, yeah, that was coming. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that that's how it happened. Yeah. I like, mean, hopefully that's how it happened. I mean, at least in the movie, cinematically, it was. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. It was a wonderful, like, moment. Especially, like, closing off that scene. Mm hmm. And because that scene, like, I know we've literally jumped to the immediate <laughs> end of the movie, but that, that scene right there at the end validated something for me that I wrote down earlier in the movie, where it was definitely something where I was like, that sticks out to me. I don't remember this specifically, but it sticks out enough to me that I'm going to write it down real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, at, towards the beginning when they're starting the business and, you know, David is kind of uh, idolizing how good Ephraim is at this, mm-hmm. especially compared to how shitty he is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at doing everything. I love that one scene where he literally fails at selling some sheets on the phone and then he walks in to Ephraim's office while he's on the phone with someone where mm-hmm. he like he was pretending to be an army general mm-hmm. to get his competitors prices and everything. And it's like you see this schlub out in the car fail to sell a sheet. Yeah. And then you come in and this dude's like on another level. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, man, like he's going to do some things. This guy's got the drive. <laughs> and he says David says something along the lines of like Ephraim becomes who he thinks you want him to be mm-hmm. you know and uh because he's wearing the yarmulke when they go to talk with ralph where yeah. it's like he thinks he's a very very like uh, devout jew mm-hmm. but it's like he's just playing the part for ralph yeah uh as soon as he wrote that down i was like is he playing david like is he pretending to be david's best friend because he needs someone and mm-hmm. then the whole the, like he's really not his buddy at all like as much as he's trying to show it 
And then right in that last scene in the elevator, when he's like, man, I'm so sorry about all this. And man, remember when we were kids and, you know, Scarface was on TV last night and I, I got me thinking about us. And he's like, could you just stop acting for a second? And he's like, yeah, Scarface wasn't even on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, and you realize like, oh, fuck, he has been this whole yeah. time. I felt really vindicated <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> I was really glad that that happened because I was like, it's a wonderful little bit of foreshadowing where in the midst mm-hmm. of the movie, like especially if you're watching it for the first time and you don't really know what happens. Obviously, we having seen it before could kind of see it coming. We knew like, oh, yeah, they, they go down and it's it's nasty. Mm-hmm. It's not amicable. They don't go down together. It's kind of this pitched back and forth between them. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I I feel like that line means more than just that in that scene. Mm-hmm. So I was really glad that I was right. <laughs> it's like a simple little thing, but I just find joy in it. Yeah. That was one of the Miles Teller voiceovers, too. Mm-hmm. Lots of that. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-mm. Sort of um sort of Goodfellas-esque, you know? Not to say that like Goodfellas is the only movie that's ever yeah. used voiceover before, <laughs> but especially with the way that they show the like downfall at the end mm-hmm. also felt very like Scorsese light. Yeah. You know, where it's like, oh, and it turns out the reason we had that meeting was because Ralph was wearing a wire, you know, and I'm like, fuck oh, you, Ralph. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> what was his last name in the movie? Was it Slutsky? I think it was something like that. Okay. I didn't. I I thought I like definitively heard like slut ski. Yeah, it might be. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, uh, he, Kevin Pollack as Ralph. I just love Kevin Pollack. He's like a super (laughs) character actor. He'll pop up every once in a while in something. And I'll just be like, oh shit. Oh yeah, Kevin Pollack. (laughs) I love him in everything. (laughs) He's in, uh, he's in Red State. He's one of the guys with uh, Goodman, John Goodman on the like ATF or whatever that are taking out the, Nice. Or checking out the house at the end. I could take or leave is yeah, and- Ana de Armas as a character in the movie, especially because I read like conflicting accounts of whether that was based on a real person at all or if he even had a girlfriend at the time. If he has a kid? I mean, <laughs> I, that's the thing. Like, I, I was looking into it, I couldn't find anything definitive one way or another. Because there is looking up the stuff. Uh, there's a lot of this stuff that didn't happen. Really? Which is such a shame because it's really fun, the craziness that they go through. But yeah, there's some really disheartening stuff that's not real. <laughs> uh, Should we go back to the beginning? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, essentially, you know, they, they get together, they start their little business, they're making pretty damn good money. Like, kind of right out the gate. Mm -hmm. There's not too much of a learning curve before they hit their first, like, real big hurdle. It's like, oh, no, yeah, they're they're making pretty darn good money. Yeah, he said, like, at 30%, it was either 160 or 180,000 in three months. Uh Uh-huh. That's not bad. And then they get the Beretta deal. Mm-hmm. To sell for the like Iraqi police force that the the military is going to be installing, mm-hmm. like they have like nine thousand Berettas or something that they need to get there. Yeah, but they fail to realize that the they can't ship from Italy to Iraq, mm-hmm. and it gets sent to where did it get sent to? Jordan. Yeah, it was yes. Jordan. Yeah, it gets sent to Jordan, mm-hmm. and then they have to personally fly out there. And accompany the guns 
on the truck through Jordan into Iraq mm-hmm. to get it to the military on time and get paid a huge amount of money. And it's like the thing that puts them on the map. Yeah. Can we talk about that trip for a sec? <laughs> yes. The fact that they have to drive it there because they like they can't get the permit to fly it out. Mm-hmm. That's where the whole I'm, I'm pretty sure it was in the trailers like we're gun runners. Let's run some guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a great line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good trailer line, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were calling the guy Marlboro, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm sure I'm sure it was like his real name is unpronounceable to you fucking idiots. <laughs> so he gives the guard the, the border guard cigarettes. So he's the cigarette truck guy. So mm-hmm. just call him Marlboro. <laughs> Which I kind of loved. Yeah. Their little like sort of relationship with him. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, 50-50. He clearly doesn't know what 50-50 means. 50-50 we die? Yeah, 50-50. <laughs> And then them fucking hightailing it away from the gas station without him when the fucking uh, like insurgents or whoever were coming after them Mm -hmm. and they drive the truck out and then the fucking U.S. Army shows up (laughs) and scares them (laughs) off or whatever they do. I don't know. They drop bombs on them or something. Yeah, Shot them up. I don't know. Yeah. But like save their ass. They drive the truck in. They are total badasses and like everyone wants like (laughs) pictures with them and stuff and like literally like couldn't have gone better (laughs) i mean he did stop in fallujah no yeah (laughs) (laughs) who the fuck stops in fallujah for gas that's pretty brilliant um especially because of the fact that miles teller was like just on the phone with his girlfriend Mm-hmm. And she's like, where are you? And he's like, oh, we're in the lobby of the hotel. It's like, actually, he's in Fallujah. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's uh, not really the same thing at all. As the hotel in Jordan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, they get back to the army base. Yeah, they kick its ass. The fucking Santos, the captain or whoever, who's mm-hmm. been like on their ass calling them about their... The order not coming in, mm-hmm. uh, like gives him a huge like congratulations, like good fucking work, guys. Like, yeah, that mm-hmm. was fucking great. And they feel like badasses. And I think mm-hmm. it immediately goes into like a montage of them buying expensive things because they yes. made so much money off the deal. Yes. Um, none of that happened. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. Absolutely none of all of that happened. <laughs> I mean, I can understand the whole, like, they didn't actually drive, you know, the guns from Jordan to whatever. Like, I can understand that being fake. Uh-huh. But all of that? Yeah, like, they. I mean, I mean, I, they very well could have had an issue with sending the Berettas somewhere mm-hmm. and had to figure out a way to get it to Iraq. But it all happened, like, behind computer screens. Like, they were never, ever in any actual physical danger barely and 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 that yeah exactly (laughs) and that kind of and that that's a huge bummer for the like bookends or the the, you know the the in media res at the beginning of the movie where it's like it's we're gonna show you the middle of the story and then we're gonna rewind it all the way back Mm -hmm. and show you how we get there because it shows him like being kidnapped in albania Mm -hmm. and dragged out of a trunk and held at gunpoint and all that no none of it not even not even a little bit of it did they even meet that Henry? For some yeah, reason, right. the you name. Just, you Henry... want to say Ducard, too. No, I want to say Henry Cavill. 
Um, no, that's Superman. That's okay. The guy who plays Superman. Okay, never mind. <laughs> At least I had an actor. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there, there was a real like Swiss army arms dealer guy named Henry something. Okay. Who did exist and got them like that whole thing kind of happened. Okay. Like that is how they went down where it's like they bought a bunch of ammo from him. Mm-hmm. It turned out to be Chinese and they couldn't use it. So they repackaged them and that's how they get caught for fraud and all that kind of stuff. So it's like mm-hmm. all of that happened. Okay. And they did like cut him out of the deal. Okay. But there was no kidnapping. There was no threatening with guns. There was absolutely none of that. It was more just <laughs> like, oh, well, fuck you guys. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like that was also uh, invented for the movie. And it's it it just when it's that much stuff, all of a sudden I'm like. <laughs> How, like, at what point does this story seem like a movie to anybody without that stuff in it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, as a story, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a Rolling Stone article written about it. Like, how did these fucking 20-year-old stoners from Miami mm-hmm. become, like, the biggest gun runners in the world and then get <laughs> get arrested for fraud yeah. because of it? Like, it all come crashing down. Like, holy shit, what a crazy-ass story. It makes for a really great story. Mm-hmm. It's not a very cinematic story. You yeah. know what I mean? Like a lot of the stuff that happens is like over the course of years, mm-hmm. they developed a <laughs> reputation. And over the course, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. it's over such a huge period of time that it's like reading about it is probably enthralling. Yeah. And then you take that article and you like transfer it into a movie script and you look at it and you're like, fuck, nothing happens. <laughs> like, <laughs> these guys hang out in their offices and make phone calls a lot. Like, I don't yeah. know, what the, what the fuck, hell, what are we going to do? <laughs> and so they have to, like, embellish to the point of being like, okay, this is a movie. There's a kidnapping, there's shootings, mm-hmm. there's a car chase, there's explosions. There's a whole, like, relationship dynamic with the, you know, best friend. Uh-huh. Sort of, like, got to have, obviously, there's also, like, Add the love interest. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were Those they were friends. Like it was the, mm-hmm. their relationship that they show at the beginning of the movie, where it's like, oh fuck, like you're because I forget were they related, like cousins or something, or they just knew someone because they were both at the same funeral. And yeah, I, I like, think it was just like a mutual friend sort of thing. Okay, but yeah, and so his his mom. David's mom wouldn't let him hang out with Ephraim anymore. Mm-hmm. And then they meet all these years later and become best buds again. Like that stuff, I believe, was real, except their ages are swapped. Okay. Because in the movie, they're almost the same age, I think. And uh, Ephraim's supposed to be old. Or no, he says that they're the same age. He's like, even though we were the same age, I always looked mm-hmm. up to him. Um, in actuality, Ephraim was like three or four years younger than david okay so it's a little weird thing but it's like they did know each other and they were like buds Mm -hmm. but yeah going you know flying to (laughs) fucking jordan like apparently they went to like storehouses like they show them go to like the one in albania to like show off the ammo and find out what they're buying and everything Mm -hmm. so like they did do stuff like that it just never came to (laughs) gunplay or anything (laughs) like that you know, and it's like, man, like looking at like the trailers and like the fucking like the poster for the movie that looks like Scarface and Jonah Hill standing there with the machine gun and stuff. Mm-hmm. You see all that kind of stuff. And you're like, this fucking true story is like full of like murder and guns <laughs> and violence. And it's like the true story isn't at all. Yeah. No. <laughs> but the movie version is full of it. 
and it's super fun and i will not like <laughs> i will not ever say that the movie is bad because it's not you know completely accurate to the story mm-hmm. it's like to me it's more like a really interesting story inspired a fun fiction movie yeah kind of you know what i mean it's like they yeah. essentially do the things that they did in real life but it's so gussied up and made up into a movie that it's like this is just a really fun movie mm-hmm. that is technically kind of based on a true story yeah. but it's really not a not a, a this is not a depiction of those events at all mm-hmm. it these, was just these like are the crimes that happened but not exactly how they happened yeah exactly uh a sort of interesting thing like i don't feel like we've had too much of this month you know i feel like the Mm -hmm. things that we've watched have been have seemingly tried to be very sort of true adaptations of the things that happened Mm -hmm. um obviously with bernie you know there's there's probably a lot of that like dialogue between him and uh and the the widow mm-hmm. that is like you know uh, we just got to make all this shit up because nobody you know these yeah. are just scenes to move the movie along mm-hmm. they're not real scenes but at the very least the you know the actual events that happened were the things that happened like mm-hmm. he did shoot her he did go on trial he did go to jail yeah you know and then with i Tanya, same thing it's like mm-hmm. these things actually happened jeff galuli did the thing <laughs> the crazy guy <laughs> sean and all that shit obviously ted bundy fucking did all that shit we all know ted Mm-hmm. We all know you did it. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then in this one, it's like kind of the real stuff they did takes almost a little bit of a back burner to yeah. the like crazy shit that is made up for it. Um, it was still a really fun movie to watch. Mm-hmm. And I love like that fucking laugh, that Jonah Hill oh laugh God. that uh, just high pitch like. <laughs> it's like the first time you hear it. Like it feels like someone doing a laugh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like someone being like, oh, "How would this guy laugh?" Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gonna do a different laugh than like my own laugh. Mm-hmm. And then the next time, it just feels more genuine. <laughs> and then it, as it goes on, you're just you're expecting it. Mm-hmm. I, I forget. I think I feel like there's one where he does it like really quietly, but still really high pitched, <laughs> where they're like looking at something on a computer screen. Yeah, and the baby's asleep. Yeah, something like that, and it's just like. <laughs> shit dude that deal's gonna be gigantic and he's like eh. like <laughs> still doing it like it's a commitment to it yeah and that's what i fucking loved about it like it's it's essentially it's the like like great and okay calling it great might be a bit much but you know like really fun affecting art you know comes from so much stuff that all just kind of gets jammed together in weird ways you know what i mean and it's like that scene of him fucking pulling the machine gun out of his trunk to scare off the dealers who ripped him off mm-hmm. that did not happen at all. Yeah. Nothing like that would happen. <laughs> but the fact that he does it and he's just got that swagger about it yeah. and that fucking laugh and those sunglasses <laughs> and shit like the real kid was like a little string bean kid, like a teenage kid. He, he, you know what I mean? Like these mm-hmm. guys were not Miles Teller and Jonah Hill at yeah. all. They were little computer nerds. Essentially. Yeah. And so like. It's like this character is a complete fabrication mm-hmm. that just happens to kind of be based on this guy <laughs> named Ephraim. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it, but it's that moment is so fucking cool, mm-hmm. and it's I feel like it's a, sort of like the like, not necessarily standout moment of the movie, but like just the like uh, an iconic moment from the movie. Like, if you saw this movie, you remember the scene mm-hmm. when he pulls the machine gun out of his trunk and just starts spraying <laughs> in the air. To spook off those drug dealers and starts yeah. laughing and everything. Like, it's so imprinted in your mind. And I'm sure it's in the trailer, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, like, 
all of that completely fabricated, <laughs> just inspired by a true story. Because mm-hmm. it's like I also read that the kid who played Ephraim was not involved in the movie at all, and he and he told people not to watch it and all oh. that kind of stuff. Like he had no interest or or like actual uh say in anything he didn't meet with jonah hill he wouldn't meet with jonah hill you know oh no <laughs> and so it's like at that point yeah it's like what the fuck are you gonna do you just create a character yeah and he did and it's nothing like the real kid but it inspired this like performance in this movie it's mm-hmm. just such a cool thing to see where it's like it's not trying to be a one-for-one recreation of events Mm -hmm. that's just sort of a skeleton for all this weird crazy (laughs) acting shit to happen you know which is great like it's great when a movie like this that has so much sort of like story where it's like and then we're gonna get you to this part and then this is gonna happen here and this is why this is going on and you kind of get caught up in the rush that if if the movie doesn't really have really great performances you can almost miss that Mm -hmm. because you're just like oh and then we're going to the next thing and then and then this is happening you don't really realize it's like "Eh, they're kind of half-assing it (laughs) <laughs> but it it did not feel like half-assing it at all in this movie. No. I felt like everybody was was really bringing it. I'm trying to think if there was... Oh. I was like, who the fuck else was in this movie? Because it's like Jonah Hill, Miles Teller, uh, Ana de Armas mm-hmm. uh, as, uh, as Miles Teller's possibly fictional wife. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy not to Girlfriend, know. Girlfriend, fiance, wife. Yeah all that sort of stuff sort of the like moral center of his character mm-hmm. it's like if if there wasn't somebody there or if there wasn't like some form of like good that he has in his life mm-hmm. then it would be really you know you'd almost there'd be absolutely no opposition to him just like diving in yeah to that world and so it's like yeah if she mm-hmm. didn't exist she needed to exist you know yeah. like there needed to be something there even if it might be a little cliche of like, oh, he's got a baby at home, but he's getting shot at by gangsters or you know, being held at gunpoint, you know, like, oh, this this beautiful life, he's going to destroy it. You know, it's like he might not have had all of that that yeah. they show in the movie, but to make it work and to to have that counterpoint to that charm that Ephraim brings, where it's like it's so easy to see, you know, why why that character would go in with mm-hmm. with Jonah oh, Hill's yeah. Ephraim. Of just like this dude knows what he's fucking talking about, and he may be a dick, and he may be abrasive, <laughs> you know. Uh, I love that scene when they're like building the company, mm-hmm. and they have all those like interns or people with them mm-hmm. and everything. And someone asks, "What does AYE stand for?" And he's like, "It doesn't stand for anything. It's no, like IBM, AEY, whatever." You know, it's like, yeah, it doesn't stand for anything. It's like IBM. And the one dude corrects him on what IBM actually means. And he just fucking fires him on the spot. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. <laughs> like, again, sure, it didn't happen. But uh, that's that was one of my favorite parts. And just especially because of the, <laughs> the, the way that he says it. So he says, get the fuck out of my office, you fucking nerd. <laughs> like, he is still underneath a, like, immature frat boy kind of guy like he's not even all business when he's like the head of a big huge business like he's still just a petulant dick like fucking nerd because he would he would have been like oh well i don't even know were like the ages accurate like were they in their early 20s when it happened yeah like that that was definitely a big part of the story is how young these guys were that like did all this so that that was a huge hook of it so i mean obviously they were playing younger than they are yeah uh but you know hollywood yeah hollywood (laughs) 
just having that frat guy persona makes sense for the age that he was at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even if the real guy wasn't, the real Ephraim wasn't that persona. Yeah, exactly. Still makes sense for Yeah, the this character, though. Totally. And I, what I really like, too, is, like, it's not necessarily super similar to Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. you know, in the ways where it's, like... Obviously, I said it's kind of Scorsese light, so it's like mm-hmm. it, it's a little bit like Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, you know, uh, it's it's they're they're very different kinds of stories. Yeah, and I just love the way that like you know they're they're such different characters that never for a moment did I think of Donnie from Wolf of Wall Street while yeah. I was watching this. Or it's like it's Jonah Hill again in like a semi serious role based on a true story mm-hmm. and he's a guy making a shitload of money mm-hmm. kind of unethically with his hair slicked back yeah like it's it's like there's on paper and there's he's snorting there's, cocaine exactly it's like on paper there's a shitload of overlap <laughs> but you're watching the movie and not once did i think of that no you know and i, I love wolf of wall street so it's like i think of donnie all the time when i see jonah hill i'm always like ah me saying or me agreeing to not thinking of it at all is a lie because <laughs> I did have a note. Uh, was this before or after Wolf of Wall Street? After. Okay. I couldn't remember. Just... Well, Wolf Walls was uh, 2013. <laughs> and then this was 2016. That's how I wrote it in my notes, too. <laughs> Wolf Walls. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a really fun movie mm-hmm. that I kind of forgot how fun it was. And, you know, it's <laughs> it really is a bit of a shame <laughs> that just like, you know, if you take out all the stuff that didn't happen, you know, you're not left with a very interesting movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were still little things where it's like, okay, if you're, if you're making it up, you know, you can make it a little, a little crazier than this too. Mm-hmm. You know, like I thought I, I liked the, the tension of that border scene when mm-hmm. they show up to like basically to Iraq in that truck with Marlboro mm-hmm. and everything. Um, but I thought it was, it was over in like a flash. Yeah. And I was like, Oh man, you could have milked that. You could have made that way more tense. You know what I mean? Like, keep it going for a little while because when it starts up, obviously you're like, oh fuck. Yeah. Like they just roll up on this desolate dirt road and there's they're just waiting for them mm-hmm. with their lights off and they're just blocking the road and it's like, oh fuck. Okay, they're at the border. Like mm-hmm. essentially that that's what I'm assuming is happening here. Yeah. They're passing in and they're checking them out now. And they come up and everyone's fucking yelling. And Marlboro's yelling at him to, to roll the window down. And he like reaches for the window or, you know, he reaches for the cigarettes mm-hmm. and everyone pulls guns on him. And everyone's like, holy shit. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and then Marlboro gives him the cigarettes and everything gets cool and it's all over. And then they drive through. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit, man. I, <laughs> I wanted more. I want, you know, it's like not necessarily like, and then, and then they pull them all out of the truck and then they line them all up in the desert and they make them dig their own graves. And then, <laughs> and then Marlboro's like, wait, 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 the cigarettes. God damn it, man. Looking at my notes, I couldn't believe I actually wrote it as plainly as this, but their desert drive is what gets them big time. So it must be true, right? (laughs) That was my question to myself. Like, I'll have to check that out later. Like, it's got to be true, right? Oof. Not true at all. Swing and a miss, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, fucking fortunate son plays when the army rolls up. There were so many amazing music cues in this movie. <laughs> like that Did you was have some... others written down. I don't know if I wrote any others down. Uh, ain't that a kick in the head? <laughs> when was that one going? I didn't uh, write that. That down. was uh, after after they like completely like failed at making any sort of connections or anything. 
Oh, oh in the, Vegas. Can, in Vegas. Right. It was like perfect. Get a yeah, Sinatra yeah, yeah. song. <clears throat> I mean, some people have said that that Todd Phillips will uh will kind of uh hit it too on the nose with his music mm-hmm. cues, you know? Mm-hmm. Um like in Joker at one point the there's a the send in the clowns and it's like obviously because yeah. clowns and it's like it's a little too like mm, mm-hmm. winky wink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I could definitely see that. I I felt that unfortunate son. I was like really (laughs) really fortunate son really again we needed another one you're fucking kidding me oh that was the other one that i wrote down fortunate son the timing of fortunate son when the chopper shows up yeah (laughs) Uh, i did also make a note bradley cooper would make for a great far cry movie villain (laughs) <laughs> just based on his character in this yes <laughs> was it the glasses partially those yes. glasses were so i think i feel that was a brilliant touch mm-hmm. where it was like put him in glasses but not just glasses but glasses that sort of distort how big his eyes are mm-hmm. like and not in a way of being like because he has giant eyes and i don't need to see that so fucking bring him down a little bit okay <laughs> <laughs> but more just like you know bradley cooper's fucking bradley cooper mm-hmm. and you're gonna look at him and it's like okay that's just really fucking handsome dude and even if mm-hmm. he's like acting menacingly it's almost like he's playing bradley cooper what are you doing yeah what do you, what do you think you're doing <laughs> but you put those glasses on him and suddenly suddenly he doesn't really look like bradley cooper all that much yeah like he's still got that like hawkish nose and that jawline and everything but it's like something about him just looks off Mm-hmm. And you're like, ooh, now I'm uncomfortable around you, Bradley Cooper, <laughs> with these specific glasses. I thought that was an awesome touch. Agreed. And it, it definitely made him all the creepier as someone who could have come off like really, really cheesy. You know, it's like mm-hmm. if you get the wrong person being like way overly arch about it, like, mm, yeah, <laughs> I'm <laughs> clearly the bad guy. It's like that would suck. But since he's still just kind of like cool and calm and Bradley Cooper-ish. Yeah. But he just doesn't look right anymore. <laughs> like, oh, what have they done to you? You know. Uh, I think the the only question I had about his whole thing, because it was like, as soon as they explained, like, oh, yeah, you know, I can't sell to the, to the government anymore. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. why I'm doing this and all that. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, okay, I understand what he's doing. I understand what his motivations were. And uh, I understood his being him being angry about being cut out of the deal. Mm-hmm. So it's like I understood him kidnapping and threatening David, even if it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, but as as that character is like, yeah. okay, I understand all that. I get that. And uh, and everything goes to shit. And you know, they they wind up in jail and everything. And then way later, David is back doing massages, and he goes to a call, and it's Henry. Mm-hmm. And Henry gives him a briefcase of money, and the movie ends on that. And I was like what why is he giving david anything is was that like an apology for the kidnapping (laughs) sorry for kidnapping you i mean he he did he did proceed it with no more questions right which is totally unfair because it's like you don't get to say no more questions and then randomly open a case full of money and be like wait a minute like i can't ask any questions about this yeah like (laughs) thousands of dollars easily if not tens or more yeah you just open it up and hand it to him and it's like what is that for i don't know like i, hush, I was i was money well i like, was just i was trying to think oh, of no, it. maybe it, it may have been a thank you because he kept his name out of it oh because see i figured that the thank you for that would be like not killing him. <laughs> 
I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's like he didn't say his name because he's fucking terrified of him. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I think the thank you is like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to kill you because yeah. you kept my name out of your fucking mouth. You know, so th- that's why it didn't feel like that to me. I was like, is this, is it something that he thinks he owes or like, because essentially the way that everything goes to shit is that Ephraim becomes like a coke addicted asshole mm-hmm. <laughs> who, you know, uh, Despite seeing, I mean, you'd think it has to be the drugs that did it to him because of how competent he is at like selling yeah. and clearly like not ripping people off that bad yeah. <laughs> or like illegally ripping them off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like he could rip someone off because he he buys it from them for cheaper than they wanted to sell it. You know, like that's mm-hmm. a kind of ripping off, but he wasn't doing the shit he did towards the end, like just not paying people for yeah. the work they were doing, you know, and shit like that. Or it's like it, it had to be the drugs that just like rotted him. To make him become so careless at the end. Yeah. Because as great as it was in a sort of uh, casino-esque way, you know, at the end of that movie when they're talking about how everyone went down and they're like, it's because that fucking guy at the fucking Italian store Mm -hmm. couldn't keep his damn mouth shut from a bug from some other shit. You know, it's like, oh, my God, of all the things to bring this down, Mm -hmm. it was this little thing. And in this movie, it was the fact that he never paid the box guy. So the box guy called into the Department of Defense to, like tell them what was happening essentially uh and that's that's what started the investigation that went into them and all the shit Mm -hmm. that they were doing and brought them down um which the like intro with that box guy uh i liked because that was when he like way lowballed the offer to do the job Mm -hmm. and they like turned to each other and like had to keep from laughing at his bid for the job, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just like, where do you, where do you want to go for dinner tonight? Oh, there's a place right by the hotel. Okay, all right, cool. We just got to talk and make it seem like we got to talk this over. Yeah, <laughs> we will take it. All right, thank you. Deal. <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, which I guess kind of uh, somewhat related to how they lowball mm-hmm. everyone else for that giant contract, the the AK-47 ammo contract mm-hmm. that gets them in trouble. Like yeah. They super lowball everyone else by like and that's 52 why, million. Yeah, was the nearest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the nearest bid. Yeah, was that and uh, I I liked that. Like I thought it was funny that it's mm-hmm. like they clearly didn't know better than to do that. So it's like you know they didn't know to like oh, charge a little bit more, mm-hmm. and we 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 could probably still get it because we'd be still below. Yeah. what they say, but it really clearly showed at least to me how much fucking greed there was in Ephraim where it was like, you're still making a giant profit off of this. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you just like kind of missed out on some because you lowballed harder than you should have mm-hmm. leads him to like flipping out in the hallway and like yeah. screaming and swearing yeah. <laughs> and kicking and punching the wall and everything. And I was like, dude, chill out. You're going to make so much fucking money off of this. Yeah. That are you really that big? Oh my god! Like it, it clearly had gotten to his head mm-hmm. about like, you're about to make millions, literally millions. Yeah, chill the fuck out. <laughs> you're a 22 year old dude from Miami. <laughs> yeah, right? right. This is like the toughest thing you've ever been through. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, and I did kind of write towards the end that I was like, you know what? Kind of just fuck both these guys. Really, in the end, <laughs> at least, you know, the maybe not necessarily like the real people. I'm not mm-hmm. going to, you know, I did not read either of their memoirs. I don't know <laughs> how they pretend like everything actually happened. Mm-hmm. But these characters in this movie is just like, man, fuck both these guys by the yeah. end of it. Like the fact that they, they get that AK-40. No, not the AK-47 deal. The Beretta deal. They do the Beretta deal. 
They get all that fucking money, that huge payday. And then it immediately goes into them getting gigantic fucking apartments next to each other in the same building and matching Porsches Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, and immediately overnight, they become the most insufferable people on the planet. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I get, you know, I get making a shitload of money is going to make you be like, oh, I could buy a nicer thing than the worst thing or, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. But just like portraying them that way, I was like, I immediately don't like either of these guys. Yeah. But especially David, like Ephraim at least fucking has absolutely no qualms about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? He doesn't <laughs> pretend to be anything else. He's just like, dude, fucking it's not it. It's not about being pro war. It's mm-hmm. about being pro money. Yeah. Like, that's all he wants. And he says it right up front. Mm-hmm. And then you got David where he's like, oh, you know, me and Iz go to the, all those marches and rallies. And, you know, we, you know, we protest the war and all of that. And he's mm-hmm. so easily swayed by Ephraim to just do it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, nah, but dude, you just totally should. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I guess I will. And it's like, so by the end of it, when it's like, oh, what a tragedy. David's going down too. It's like, he's kind of worse. At least Ephraim was honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least he knew what he was getting himself into, like, without any kind of, uh, like, backpedaling on it or like, oh, you know, oh, maybe I should step away. It's like, he was in it till the end. Yeah. <laughs> he went down with the ship. Again, I assume. Yeah. I don't know exactly. Based on based on these yeah. these caricatures. Yeah. Cause I'm sure some of that end of the movie stuff definitely happened. Like I, I assume mm-hmm. that, that Ralph guy, it's possible that he actually did like wear a wire to catch them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I hope. Yeah. I already hoped <laughs> about the desert drive. This. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I already had hope about that desert drive and then fucking <laughs> I was like, at least give me the little one with the wire. <laughs> So, you know, the, the the crux of this story, the kind of thing that at least my sort of favorite thing about true crime stories, like the thing that mm-hmm. goes wrong, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the unwinding of the of the twine. <laughs> so essentially what they do, you know, and to me, as I was watching it, I was like, you guys are fucking Icarus, man. You're Icarus <laughs> flying too close to the sun. You know, they had all of this fucking money. They were clearly already fucking rolling. Mm hmm. And then they discover this $300 million deal to supply AK-47 rounds. I think there's other stuff in the deal, too. But like yeah. the main big huge chunk of it is AK-47 rounds mm-hmm. to sell to the U.S. government. And they, they'd they love it. You know what I mean? Like they, they want it really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's again, it's like you guys are so fucking loaded already. Yeah. And you're going into this and you're hoping to do it. And then you fucking... You know, because they look all around because there's nowhere to find them anymore, really. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the big reasons it's such like a big deal is because it's like they don't make them anymore and you got to find, you know, stockpiles of them or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. However, they're trying to find the ammo to fill the order and they can't do it. Yeah. But that's when Henry Ducard, whatever his fucking <laughs> name they give him, that's when Bradley Cooper shows up. Uh, and he essentially tells them, like, I have a huge warehouse full of those fucking bullets. And I will sell it to you like 10 cents on the dollar or something like that. Like a super great deal for them. Mm-hmm. And they go out there and they look at it and everything looks cool. Uh, they go through with the deal. They they put their fucking like spreadsheet together, you know, or well, I think I'm getting mixed up in terms of how they do it. I'm just trying to think of it rationally because it's like you can't put the bid in until you know where you're getting your shit from. Right. So they had to have 
they had to have gotten the deal with Ducard <laughs> again. Probably not his name. Yeah. <laughs> they do the deal with Henry to get the ammo. So then they submitted the deal, right? Then they submitted their proposal. Right. They told Henry that they were like in the they midst were, of it. Yeah, like that they they're going to submit it. their bid. Like he's locked in as their supplier. Right. Right. And then they get all their shit together. Yeah. Uh, that was a huge thing that kind of had questions for me when they're putting it together they have to falsify mm-hmm. years and years and years and years of like invoices and basically like all of their financial stuff like mm-hmm. we needed to cook the books because we didn't even have books yeah you know like they had to create everything out of thin air and the movie didn't explain it i you know uh, what's the it's not occam's razor occam's razor is when it's like the most likely solution is or the most obvious solution is the most likely is there's there's a another phrase like that um where it's like never never attribute to malice what can easily be explained by stupidity you know i forget i forget yeah. what what that thing is <laughs> but you know you look at them and they have to falsify all these records mm-hmm. and you know immediately in my mind i was going more malicious thinking of it's just like why what are they what are they doing you know like why don't they have financial records like Mm -hmm. why do they have to create this stuff why don't they have it what about what they've been doing has been under the table enough that they need to not keep track of it i didn't get it and then i'm like maybe they just didn't because they're so fucking stupid like they're a bunch of stoner 20 something idiots (laughs) and they just didn't have it yeah but that seems kind of odd to me because it's like but Ephraim clearly knows what like they're doing with all this like he's Mm -hmm. the one who knows about the site and how to do it and how to make bids and all that kind of shit like he has to teach david how to do everything in this yeah so it's like how would he not know that you need to keep track of it it's like unless it's like oh he got so stoned he forgot you know maybe they just never expected to go after a bid that large It, it seems crazy that they wouldn't have it ahead of time unless they like had to not have it because something was illegal i don't know i might have missed something there i don't know if that really happened (laughs) but really i mean that was sort of a like that that's really not the linchpin to why they go down though it's not Mm -hmm. like their 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 taxes do it or you know their 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 financial statements do it it's really more the fact that they get to the warehouse because they went there once and they looked at a few bullets and the bullets worked and they were like these are cool we'll Mm -hmm. take them and then they get there and they well not even they get there because then Ephraim becomes a real piece of shit mm-hmm. and he stops going with. Yeah. And it's just David going to Ro- Romania, Albania, Al- going yeah. to Albania for like weeks and weeks on end. He notices that they're all Chinese. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, fuck. Like, we can't sell Chinese shit to the American government. Yeah. That's not how it works. Like, you know, there's fucking <laughs> there's sanctions like, em- and shit and embargoes yeah. and all that. Like, you can't do it. So they realize that they're fucked. Like, they just spent all this money on all the shit that they now cannot sell and they cannot fill their order mm-hmm. to the government, which is like a huge thing. Cause they say earlier in the movie, like they'll get blacklisted essentially if they fuck up an order, mm-hmm. you know, they, they figure they have to do something. I'm almost certain that this is like true to story that like, this is the shit that happened. Mm-hmm. The whole rebagging, mm-hmm. the, their whole big plan. Well, Ephraim's big plan where it's like, okay, we're just going to take them all out of their boxes and shit. And we're going to put them all in plastic bags and put all those plastic bags in cardboard boxes. And that will be what we ship out. And in my head, I'm like, 
Is that not super sketch and obvious? Yeah. <laughs> like, who the fuck would send them in plastic Ziploc bags? Yeah. That seems like the most obvious thing in the world. And I was like, that has to be what does it. You know, because I knew that, you know, we were getting mm-hmm. towards the end of the movie and, you know, this was going to be the thing that takes him down. So I was like, it has to be that they're just so fucking arrogant that they're like, no, yeah, this will work. Mm-hmm. And then they send it in and the government's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And and looks into it and figures out what's happening. But then they say that the first shipment goes off without a hitch. Yeah. And I was like, then how does this go down if that's acceptable? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're just going to keep doing that for the rest of the order mm-hmm. and, and everything's cool. Like, how, how could this possibly go under? And then once I realized that it was going to be the box guy. Like the guy who had his guys boxing all that shit mm-hmm. when he when he mentioned to to David that he hasn't been paid yet, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, that's really it, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. I had totally forgotten, but in that moment, I realized I was like, that's the fucking thing. Ephraim is such a dick bag that mm-hmm. he just refuses to fucking pay the dude who is doing literally all of the dirty work mm-hmm. for your fraud yep. that is somehow passing muster with the government. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was crazy to me. That's an acceptable way to ship ammunition, apparently. Yeah, it just seems the craziest, sketchiest thing. Like, opening that first package as whoever it is that, like, accepts these things. Mm -hmm. Like, opening it up and being like, these are just bullets in Ziploc bags. What is going on here? (laughs) What are we supposed to do with these? Like, this is insane. How are we going to transport them? dump them into the bullet bucket? Yeah, really. Like, (laughs) how are we going to transport them out of here without a good place to store them? (laughs) you'd think they'd be pissed about it but apparently everything is all cool (laughs) they just give a bag to each soldier that has an ak and (laughs) everyone just carries a ziploc bag of bullets with them yeah just in case (laughs) and not even the good ziplocs that have the like zipper Mm -hmm. it's the ones you have to like press yourself that never close ever (laughs) stupid crimp and that's that's how they go down Mm -hmm. is not paying the fucking guy that lowballed them. Uh, yeah, that, he that wanted a hundred thousand U.S. dollars. Yeah, it's like they were already fucking him without him knowing it, mm-hmm. and then they're like, "By the way, we're also gonna fuck you to your face." <laughs> <laughs> like, man, the arrogance. And I can only assume that that's like true, just based on like the like not to be ageist or anything, <laughs> but just based on the ages of these guys and mm-hmm. how young they were getting into this business. I can only imagine that at a certain point they were just like. I'm fucking untouchable. Look how fucking rich I am. Mm-hmm. I don't really give a shit about this guy who's calling me yeah. about whatever the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. And just don't expect that this guy all the way across the world will be like, oh, by the way, these <laughs> fucking guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. These two little shits in Miami. <clears throat> I mean, overall, I, I did really enjoy the movie. Like, mm-hmm. as much as the story might be fake <laughs> in almost every place. <laughs> Uh, as a movie, as a movie itself, it was actually a really fun crime caper mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like you, <laughs> I, I will always love one of those like corrupt thing goes down by the end. You know, like mm-hmm. everything going to shit kind of deal is mm-hmm. always kind of a fun story, <laughs> uh, at least for me. Like, oh, how did it happen? How did it happen? This one had a pretty good one. Yeah, I, I, that's that's a that's a great little like fly in the ointment that you totally forget about like oh and then the guy that they never paid Mm -hmm. oh those idiots (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and it was nice to mix it up with a different type of crime Mm -hmm. and i man sorry i was just looking at my notes to see if like there's any any other little last thing fucking 
70 federal crimes, four years in prison for Ephraim, Mm -hmm. and David gets house arrest. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck these guys. Yeah, right. Like, good God, you fucking do 70 federal crimes. And I know that a lot of them are just like, you know, stacked on top of each other. It's like, by doing this, Mm -hmm. you also did this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and it's not like they did 70 separate (laughs) <laughs> felonies like and then they murdered this guy and then they you know yeah it's all based on what they were doing but still 70 federal crimes yeah and you go to jail for four years are you fucking joking and that like, is absurd defrauding the u.s military and the u.s government like that's that doesn't seem like it should be just a, a wimpy sentence yeah i mean considering that it's like the the person that you defrauded is the one who's going to be punishing you you'd think it'd be worse you know like you know if like if you you defraud somebody and then you go to court and then the court tells you like hey this mm-hmm. is what you have to do you know this is your sentence now but in this case it's like so i fucked with the u.s government and in doing so committed a federal crime and will go to federal court and be tried by federal judges that i just fucking defrauded you know what i mean like it's just like you'd think you would get your ass handed to you for that yeah and they just got a slap on the wrist. That's fucking nuts. They still can't place any bids, though. Yeah, until next year, did they say? No. It was 2021 when they can... 23. 2023, okay. So they're yeah. a few years away from being able to do it again. It's like, there's a fucking statute of limitations on it. It's mm-hmm. not for life. Fucking Tanya Harding can't skate anymore. Yeah. These guys just have to wait a little while, and then they can fucking defraud some more people. Oh, well. <laughs> so that's going to wrap up um, week four of True Crime Movie Month. We've got one more left because there were five Fridays in May. Mm-hmm. And so we get one more and we are going to bookend True Crime Movie Month with Jack Black. Yes. We are going to watch The Poker King on Netflix, which is uh, another just a crazy weird true story. I saw a trailer for it maybe like last year or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, a oh my god jack black he's playing this like <laughs> polish guy or polish or german or something like i forget exactly but he's like a true like polka artist guy okay and then he gets involved i think this is fraud too but he gets involved oh. with something where people are giving him money for something and it's 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 possible based on the trailer i think that like he doesn't realize that he's committing these crimes <laughs> and he starts getting you know attention for it or something but it's uh, allegedly based on a true story mm-hmm. this one said it was based on a true story and it's like eh. <laughs> so we'll see <laughs> if but it's based on or inspired by yeah exactly <laughs> uh but i'm really excited to watch it because it's like i saw bernie before and i loved that mm-hmm. and i was like oh man another crazy fucking jack black true crime like weird quasi comedy true crime movie <laughs> Like, this is going to be great. I can't wait to watch that one. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. So uh, wrapping it up here, popcorn for dinner. This is Jeff. And Kelly. Iraq is dope. (laughs) 